Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, good gardening, and we are live and lively from World Outdoor Emporium West, which is just north of Highway 70, and it's on Highway 61 on Granville Drive. So right as you pass Winsville Parkway, get ready to turn left. There'll be a sign that says Granville Drive, and, I mean, it is right there. So just be prepared, or else you're going to have to go down 61 a little bit further and then come back around, which is not horrible. But uh, if you're headed out here, you should be heading out here because today with this temperature and weather and everything else, World Outdoor Emporium West is part of the Ponderama. And this is a whole thing with basically put together by the St. Louis Water Garden Society. They have locations in Illinois, locations in Missouri. It's not just retail locations. This one happens to be. But what you get to do is you buy tickets, you get to go into people's yard, check out their water gardens and everything else. And if you're giving any kind of thought at all about any kind of water feature, water garden, you should get out here and take a look at some of the things they have here. So it's just absolutely fantastic. They've got trees, they've got shrubs, perennials, annuals. The annuals, 50% off. I got a couple, and when they told me the total, I said, what? They can't be that low. But anyway, so they've got mulch, they've got rock, they've got gravel, they've got anything for the outdoors. That's what is really, really important. They've got all kinds of demonstration hardscapes. They've got retaining walls, edgers. And the coolest thing to me here is they've got goats. I don't know what they do with the goats, but they got goats, a little goat farm. If you go down in the valley and head over to where the greenhouses are, you can hear the goats up on top of the hill. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, fully stocked, it's just a, a great place, 16 acres. So you say, well, how am I gonna get around in 16 acres? Well, they have golf carts for you to use. And I think they allow you to drive the golf carts without even taking a driving test. Hmm, so you gotta be very, very, this is a cool place, let's put it that way. So this is World Outdoor Emporium West. It's north of Highway 70. And uh, Greg is producing back in studio. Mike is here as the engineer. The second hour is the tip of the trowel. I'll be giving the tip of the trowel in a few moments. But first, thanks for you. Thanks to you for having me on your show. And remember, if you were not there, I would not be here. So questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. How about your annuals? How about your bulbs? How about your edibles? How about your ground covers, house plants, tropicals, lawns, roses, trees, shrubs, vines, water gardens? Please remember my answers, comments, and opinions are certainly not the only garden path to take. It's just an option for you to consider. I'm Mike Miller. I've written five gardening books. Two are currently available at various locations. And also I write articles for Missouri Gardener magazine. 
And uh, during the week, I do something called a walk and talk where I come to your home and answer questions that you may have. Also keep my eyes open for things that may be impacting your landscape that you haven't even considered. So you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and go to the homepage, and there'll be a phone number, an email address, and you can contact me. Today's tip of the trowel, which is a special recognition for an individual group or a situation that's made an impression on me, it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tip of the trowel goes out to everybody who's, and again, I've given a tip of the trowel to several different groups, and this is a group of just everybody that's out there trying to make their landscape you know, as good as they possibly can. This has been a very difficult two-year cycle and sequence. So the tip of the trial goes out to you for trying and uh, not giving up. And uh, just, I mean, I'm absolutely amazed when I walk by so many people's houses or drive by and I see what a wonderful job they've done. And nobody's going to have a perfect yard. You can't even go down to the botanical garden and have a perfect landscape. It's not going to happen because this is the real world. But thanks to you for making the you know, St. Louis metropolitan area, Illinois side, Missouri side, west, east, doesn't matter where, you know, north or south, making it a better place to live and neater stuff to see. Let's take a couple of calls before we go to a break. Let's go to Norman, and Norman's in St. Charles. Hi, Norman. Yeah, hi. Um, well, I have two questions. One of them, um, Mike, is about uh, my geraniums. I have a flower bed. It's been there for 20 years, same dirt. Well, I fertilize it every year. That margalite, I believe you call it, It's uh, you, you always said that you could put as much of that down as you wanted. But I put that down before I spaded and put my geraniums in. They haven't done a thing. They're just green leaves, and they're not, they're not and I put miracle fertilizer on them with water. So is it a bad geranium year? It could be, you know, from the weather standpoint, and is is the foliage look good? Does it look healthy? Yeah. Yes, yes, it so, does. I mean, in reality, we're kind of, it's a little bit premature for the geraniums to be flowering anyway. When you okay. buy them in flower, they've been forced into a, you know, during in a greenhouse circumstance. Yeah, you I bring know. them home, those flowers are finished, and then for the plant to get the energy, get the root system set up to reflower. So I think it's, you know, it's just a matter of time more so than anything else if they look healthy. Okay, well, another, uh, I, I, I uh, never had that trouble in that bed. But anyhow, my second question is, I do have declined uh, zoysia. Uh, I had the people come out to have a lawn service and said that. Now, here's what I plan to do. It's about 10, 10 feet wide. It's not. It's spotty at about three feet, 10 by 3 feet. I'm going to cut that out, and I'm going to go down to the dirt, and then I'm going to mix new soil with compost and then put fescue in there. Is that all right? If you don't mind. I mean, the fescue... So the. Yeah, I mean, the fescue could invade into the zoysia. The zoysia could invade into, you know, the fescue. So if you don't mind the mixture, that's up to you. But is that a good way to do it? You could. Yeah, that's you're doing procedure-wise, you're doing exactly how you should do it. Now, putting seed down this time of year is going to be a little bit iffy. Understand yeah. that because of the, you know, because of the temperature and everything else, you could have some real problems. It could germinate. It could get hot. And then, whoosh, yeah. there it goes. Should so, I wait till fall? Yes. That would be the better thing to do so you won't waste you know, mental money and real money both. Okay, well, thank you so much for your service. Well, thank you. And uh, now let's go to Ronald. Ronald's in North County. Hi, Ronald. 
Good morning, Mike. Thank you for taking Hi. my call. Sure. Uh, I would like to know, uh, can you transplant uh, a hospice plant from one location to another, like from the front yard to the backyard? The hostess already has sent out a blo- a flower bloom, and I like to transplant it because the, I have a shrub that's kind of shaped, uh, uh, kind of hiding it, taking the appearance away from it. Can it be done without damaging it? They can certainly be transplanted. Doing it this time of year is so, going to be somewhat iffy. Hosta are very tough. As long as you get the whole root system and everything else and a little bit of soil beyond the root system, you could do it this time of year. Ideally, you would do it either in the fall, let's say after mid to late August, all the way up until let's say end of October, or do it next year just as coming up out of the ground. So this is not the ideal time to do it. If it was something other than a hosta, I'd say definitely don't do it this time of year because we just don't know what's going to happen weather-wise or anything else. So if you can wait and just do it at the more, let's say, correct time, that would be to the advantage of your hosta. I see. All right, then. Uh, That is about it. I thank you for taking my call. Sure. Thanks, Ronald. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go to Andy's yard, and Andy lives in St. Louis. Hi, Andy. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? Very good. All right. Mike, I've got a cherry tree that's probably about 15 years old. And uh, in the summer of 2016, we had the most biggest bumper crop ever, probably had 100 pounds of cherries on the tree. Whoa. Then uh, we had that weird fall in 16. It got cold quick. The leaves all dropped, and then it warmed up again, and about 20% of the tree got new leaves on it, like in November, December. Then it went through the winter, and the next spring, the crop was lousy. We got about 12 cherries. And then I thought, let me wait just one more year. And this year we had, you know, a few more cherries, but it wasn't that great at all. Uh, Most of the birds got them. So my question is, is that cherry tree, like, lived its life, or is there a way to bring a cherry tree back, or is it just the weather? It could be weather-related for sure, but... uh what I would do, uh, what I would consider is not doing fertilizing per se. I would do something called deep root feeding around your tree. So go out about half the distance from the trunk to the extension of the branches with an, uh, with an earth auger, which is a drill bit. Drill holes about a f- one or two feet apart. Concentric circles all the way out to just beyond the drip line. Backfill those holes with compost. Try to feed the soil and see if that's going to help you, the cherry circumstance. Now, do you know if this is a dwarf cherry? Is this a semi-dwarf? Is this a standard-sized cherry? Well, the tree has gotten probably 20 feet tall, give or take. Yeah. So it's probably full-sized you know, cherry tree, so it's not a dwarf. any. But I would go ahead and just, like I said, do the deep root feeding and do that in the fall and see how that impacts just overall, you know, the performance of the tree. And any branches or, you know, limbs that have died, and there have been a few of those, just cut those off, I assume? 
Absolutely. Don't leave any don't leave any stubs on anything at whatsoever. Okay. And then the deep root feeding about how far apart are the holes and all you use is compost, that's it? Yeah, just backfill the holes with compost. The holes are any place between like one and two feet apart. You go a circle all the way around the tree, then you go out one or two feet and do another circle, then you go out one or two feet to another uh, circle until okay. you finally go just beyond the drip line. And about how deep should I go again? Uh, about six or eight inches. That's it. Okay, very good. I'll try it. Thank you very much. Great. Good luck with that. And now let's go to Chuck, and Chuck is in Shiloh, Illinois. Hi, Chuck. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Mike, I called Hi. you about three, three weeks ago about my sawtooth oak. It's, uh, it was uh, six years old when uh, Crane Tree Farm installed it professionally. I was having problems with the leaves, uh, um, leaf, the, the tree leafing out. So um, you, you, did, uh, you, you gave me the same recommendation you, you just gave to Andy. Um, and uh, in order to save myself some labor, since uh, the tree is pretty big now, and I don't know if Andy's still listening. There's a there's a company out there, Mike, that does uh, deep root feeding professionally. And right. uh, two weeks ago, they came out and injected uh, basically a, a compost, uh, tea mix, uh, probiotics, and the whole nine yards. They were able to diagnose that the, the roots of the sawtooth oak were hit by a fungus, which was uh, halting the uptake of nutrients. Oh! So they um, the company came out and uh, did their did their uh, application. They they shoot this uh, uh, environmentally friendly mixture uh, into the yard uh, using some using very light compressed air. I mean, they're not blowing holes in it. And uh, I'll be dang. Mike, if the, the tree ain't leafing out fully now, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know the guy. I, you know, I just I, I was my arborist actually recommended the company to me. So, um, if anybody's interested, uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to give a plug, Mike. So I'll ask your permission. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Great. It's um. The company is called Roots Plus, R-O-O-T-S Plus, Roots Plus, and uh, I, you can you can talk to an arborist. Uh, they may know about them. If you want to Google them, that's fine. But uh, I'm I'm very picky about my yard, Mike. I don't want anybody in it that I don't trust. And these folks have done an incredible job. Usually, it take, they say give us about a year or a season to to let the the compost tea mix and probiotics take effect. But this is right in Incredible. That does sound great. So thanks, Chuck. And now let's go to Alan, and Alan's in St. Charles. Hi, Alan. Yes, good morning, Mike. Thanks for your, your valuable time. Uh, two quick questions, real common ones for you. I want to prevent weeds from coming up in the flower garden and around the shrubs. So I want to put down a weed block, and I don't know whether to use the type that's, you know, allows water to drip through or do you prefer a, a more of a type of block that allows you know no moisture to penetrate and then the follow-up on is i want to put some mulch on top and i see a lot of people use that traditional red colored mulch you can get anywhere but you know i i just wanted your opinion mike on a, a type of mulch that 
you know, it's a nice finished professional look, you know, and I know everybody's taste varies, but, you know, just in your gut, something that you prefer. And, and I'd be grateful if you could comment on that. Sure. Well, basically, you want to make sure that water penetrates through any kind of landscape fabric you put down. You've got to have okay. that because it could cause a nightmare. Originally, when people started doing you know, things to, as weed bearers, they were just using black plastic, and it turned into a nightmare. It damaged really? a lot of the plant, you know, plant situations for the root systems because they couldn't breathe. It's not only letting water in, it's letting air. I mean, your ground breathes. So it's, you know, it exhales, it inhales. So it's a living, you know, quality product. So, you know, in that situation. So that's, you know, I would say that. And then with the mulch, it's really a personal choice more so than anything else. Uh, you, since you're in St. Charles, you can go to the St. Louis composting location or just go to their website. They have all uh -huh. kinds of different mulches. They have all kinds of different colors. Personally, as I have said many times, I like the cedar mulch just because... It's a, you know, I just happen to like it. I like how it looks. I like it, you know, I put it on pots. I put it on the ground both. But that's just a personal choice. You know, they have, I forget how many different varieties they have, not just okay. color-wise, just different varieties. Okay. One follow-up question with regards to that weed barrier. Um, is there any particular brand that may last longer? You know, because we did this years ago and you know it, of course it broke down over time i guess they all do but is there a, is sure. there a particular one mike or not that i'm you know not i can't say there's one that's going to last so much longer than another one there's you know to be honest with you so it's just like everything it's just like you can have a couch and you the couch is 15 years old you can tell where you've been sitting or somebody's been sitting on that couch things just kind of wear out there's nothing that's going to be permanent so if you've sure. got multiple years out of you know whatever you put down, I'd certainly have to be satisfied with that. Okay, very good. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate your time. Certainly. And now let's go to June. And June is in St. Charles, too, so we're going to save a little gas. Uh, this is June, and my problem Hi. is the tomato plants. I've grown them for years. This is the first year I've encountered the black spot on them. Ooh. Am I doing something wrong? I put the same amount of water on them every day but uh i've picked off about six i've got them in, i got it in a bucket a huge bucket and uh what am i doing wrong so do you are you talking about the the black spot on the end of the actual tomato correct uh-huh so what this is it means that the fertilizer you're using doesn't have any calcium that's called blossom end rot and that's yeah. a result of not having enough calcium in your soil. You, know, you could get the calcium and put it in, but usually if you just use a tomato food, it will have the calcium in the fertilizer. That's what I'm using. So then, I mean, if, it's, if you're using tomato food and it says it has calcium in it, why you're getting the blossom end rot, I'm not sure. That doesn't make sense. I know. That's what I thought. Maybe you could give me the answer to that. <laughs> well, it is. It's a, it's a calcium circumstance. So That's know, what I, I thought. I what and to, this yeah. is, Usually I don't even fertilize them. This is the first year I used the fertilizer, and I'm having all this trouble. And it's, it's, they're planted in potting mix. Is that correct? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm no, doing. The, and the uh, pot is big enough for this plant. But and the pot has I, drainage. 
Yes, it does. Okay, and so I mean, you're doing everything sun. right. Well, yeah. I guess it's just a stupid plant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get rid of that stupid plant. <laughs> I'm tempted. <laughs> Thank you. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, you're doing everything exactly as you should. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And uh, this is a time of year for pruning, yes, on certain trees. The maple trees, summer pruning, birch trees, summer pruning, and beech trees, summer pruning. Most of the other trees, you're not going to want to be doing it in the summertime, but these trees, summer pruning works very well. And if you do any kind of pruning, remember, do not leave stubs. So if you're cutting off a long branch, you want to cut it off in sections, but your final cut is going to leave only about a quarter to a half inch, let's say, nub, not a stub. Don't cut it back and leave like a 6, 8, 10, 12, 2 or 3 feet stub there because that's just an invitation for potential problems, be it disease and or insect oriented. So that's why you do not want to leave any stubs. Uh, if you've got houseplants out there and they're looking fine, go ahead and give them another, you know, give them some fertilizer. They're going to certainly appreciate it. And uh, let's go to the phones now. Let's go to Sue. And Sue lives in Creve Coeur. Hi, Sue. Um, hi, Mike. Thank you for taking uh, my call. Uh, I have two questions. Sure. One is I have uh, spider mites on some tomato plants and veggies, and I'm wondering what is the best, like a natural type of killer for those? I've tried Tabasco sauce with water. It seemed a little harsh, and I didn't know if there was something else you might recommend because I don't really like putting chemicals on my produce. Right. Are you sure you got spider mites? I think so. I mean, it, okay. it appears that The best way, way to check to see if you... Yeah, it seems a little early for spider mites to be there, but because it was so warm, they could, could certainly be there. If you think yeah. you have spider mites, and this is I for do, anyone, really take a piece of white... Mm -hmm. Okay, so... But here's a way to check. You can take a piece of white paper out, hold the, hold the paper underneath a leaf or, you know, whatever that you think there are spider mites. Shake the leaf, the foliage of where you think the spider mites are, and you should see some spider mites drop off and land on that white piece of paper. Now, if you do okay. have spider mites, there are some organic products you might, you know, certainly consider. You might, uh, but, uh, you know, depends upon what you want to do. You know, it's just... I would say if you've got spider mites this early, if you're going you're gonna to end up being battling them. But what I would probably do if you want to be as safe as possible is just take you know, a hose, you know, use a hose, not mm -hmm. you know, the harsh, hard water, and spray the underside of the leaf and spray your plants off. That's going to be the most okay. organic way you can go about doing it. Okay. It's just leaves that have little teeny tiny dots, and they're yellowing. Just has that look. Maybe it's, it's not, some other type of bug. I'm not certain. Yeah, it may not be a bug. It may just be the age of the foliage. I mean, are they near the bottom of the plant, or are they? Um, they're. I mean, they're my tomato plants. Um, it's all, It's pretty much all over. Oh, so it's all over all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would. You know, I would just try a stream of water and knock them off that okay. way. Okay. Okay. Then, I'll if you that. wanted to try. 
Yeah, and then another option would be try an insecticidal soap after that. Okay, okay. All right, I can do that. Um, and then number two, are um, I've heard about this like the last couple of years about oak trees having those big, nasty, hard balls that are falling off a mountain if it was a yeah. virus or something. And I still yeah, you know, an have insect. one. And it's, yeah, it's still dropping those things all over the cars and making dents. Is that forever or is there anything I can do for them? No, there's really not too much you can do. It's a small wasp. The female wasp lays the eggs on the little stems. She mm -hmm. penetrates into the bark, and then consequently, when those eggs hatch, they bloat that thing, that gall, G-A-L-L, -L, and that's sort of a protective mechanism to keep you know anybody from coming along and eating them. And if they're in one mm -hmm. tree, they're generally going to stay, you know, the next generation, next generation, mm -hmm. next generation are going to stay kind mm -hmm. of in that, you know, that area. So that mm -hmm. if you've got them, you're probably always going to have them. There are some injections that may work, but I still have not seen any that are proven to really eradicate the problem. And the galls okay. that are existing on there, whether they're new ones coming or not, you know, potentially can drop like what you're experiencing. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, I appreciate your uh, service, and thanks for taking the call. Sure. And now let's go to Cape Girardeau and into Mike's yard. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Um, I'm looking for an easy out. I <laughs> I have a small vegetable garden. We had beans this spring. I just pulled them out because they were done, and I have weeds left. Can I put Roundup on that and then plant later this fall? Some people don't like to use Roundup in any circumstance. To me, if you've got a weed circumstance, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, with doing that. So how, how long so, before I can plant again, Mike? Oh, just a couple of weeks. Just make sure the weeds are dead. And then, you know, after that, there is, you know, the Roundup does not stay in the soil per se. So it doesn't have a residual aspect in the soil, though there's all these, you know, agricultural circumstances and, and things like that that say it does. That's what all this argument about, you know, nobody should be using Roundup. But I, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Certain tests are saying that it does, but I just don't think, you know, personally, and I'm no scientist by any means, that it does have any kind of residual effect in the soil. Okay, thank you. Yep, so just, uh, you know, a couple weeks after the weeds have died, then you can prepare the soil, get ready for your fall planting or your next generation of vegetables or whatever you're going to plan on doing that way. That way. So thanks, Mike. And now Gerald lives in Ellsbury. Hi, Gerald. Hello. How you doing? Very good. Uh, yes, I have a Kawanson cherry tree that I planted back in late March. It was about six to eight foot tall, and it's a take. It's taken root, and uh, the leaves are pretty green and stuff. But would it hurt to put any Miracle Grow around at this time of year and soak it in real good? I get them roots to go ahead and uh, uh, penetrate. I, you know, fertilizing trees, I just, I don't, you know, that's not one of the things I like, whether it's tree spikes, whether it's miracle Grow or anything else. It's just, you know, I would prefer to feed the soil, and that's adding compost to your soil as opposed to just trying to use some fertilizer, because that's not really going to help the, tr you know, the tree overall's health for the long term. It may, it's not going to really even change it all that much. So, personally, I would not be putting any kind of, uh, you know, fertilizer like that around it. Okay. Next question is, what's your opinion on the blue moon wisteria? 
as long as you got a trellis or you know an arbor or whatever you're going to grow it on then uh and you understand how big wisteria can potentially get that's you know that's what you're really looking at and how damaging it can be if you have it too close to your house how damaging it can be to an arbor those kind of things because they are and i know this is a specific variety but i have not you know seen it for the long term so i don't know what's going to happen with it but just wisteria in general can be very damaging okay uh Okay, that's what I needed to know then. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, they're great. I love them. But, uh, you know, it's one of those kind of plants where I just, you know, I prefer to find somebody else that has them in their yard when they're in flower. Then I, you know, I go by and check them out and things like that. But, uh, yeah, they can be destructive. But if you've got, a, again, a structure that's you know, can handle it, then it shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, any questions or concerns? we got about uh, 10 minutes or so, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Last night, for the first time this year, at least in my neighborhood, cicadas, or as we call them as kids, locusts, Tracy called them re-re's. So those screaming things that leave those exoskeletons stuck to your tree. I mean, we used to love, you know, out in Ellisville at that time, there were so many of them. We'd stick them on our shirts and everything else and run into the house saying we, we've been attacked by all these things. But the cicadas, yes, they're gonna, with that screaming sound and those exoskeletons, they do, you know, some a little bit of a problem. So it's not just the sound that can be nutty as heck, but the females will slit the underside of twigs or branches and they deposit their eggs in that slit. Then consequently, they know how to slit it just right. It's gonna cause that twig to die. And then guess what? It's gonna drop to the ground. And then, yes, those eggs are hatch. And then consequently, you're gonna have more and more cicadas. Also, this time of year is Guess what? Grubs. There's five different kinds of grubs in this region. So, but grub control, remember, it does not rid your yard of moles. Moles' main diet is earthworms. Certainly, you know, grubs can do some damage. Moles will eat them if they come across them. But how moles are tunneling, what direction they go, they hear earthworms crawling. So consequently, that's what they're tunneling towards is the sound of earthworms digging below the surface. Grubs just kind of lay there and just, there's only out of the five different kinds of grubs we have, only one of them really causes damage and it's mainly to bluegrass. So it's the annual grub, but the other ones can be there. They can do some damage, but nothing like that one grub does. So grub control, again, is to control the grubs. It's not necessarily to make it so your yard is not gonna have moles. And if your yard, I've been to plenty of houses, they say, why does my yard have moles and my neighbor's doesn't? Well, the yard that has the moles is a nice yard. And the neighbor's yard is a horrible yard, so there's no earthworms, so there's nothing for the, uh, the, earth, the moles to eat. So they just say, I'm not going in that yard. Let's go back to St. Charles and go into Dee's yard. Hi, Dee. Hi, Mike. Hi. I have two questions. Can I dig up my tulip and daffodil bulbs now and replant them next fall? 
if you want to, you don't have to, but you could try it. Yeah, I, I mean, some people dig them up and then, yeah. So yeah, go ahead and dig them up. Don't you know? Don't replant them until fall. So dig them up, clean all the soil off of them, and wrap them. You know, put layers of newspaper in between them and put them in a paper bag in a dark, cool spot. Wrapping newspaper. Yeah, just put layers of newspaper. So in other words, don't pile them up on top of each other. Okay. You don't have to right. wrap them, but just layers of newspaper in between. Okay. My hydrangea roots keep coming up out of the ground and running along the top of the ground. And I keep covering up with dirt, and they keep... Well, the dirt, unless you mix the dirt in with the existing soil, it's just going to keep eroding away. So just put some mulch on them. If they're healthy and everything else, it doesn't really hurt as long as the plants are healthy. But just right. use mulch. Don't try to cover them with dirt. Okay, thank you. Yep. And now let's go a little bit east into Chesterfield and into Jim's yard. Hi, Jim. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. I have two questions. Number one is my rose bushes... The leaves on them look like something's eating at them, and I've used the, uh, you know, the insecticide that you put in the ground, the root. Right. Uh, I guess it's a, it's a fertilizer and insecticide. I've done it twice, and it's still not, uh, I haven't noticed a big change in them. And then the second thing, what's the grass? Is it set? What's that invasive grass that starts to grow this time of year inside your lawn? It's a real broad leaf, uh, a thick type of blade. Is it sedge? Uh, there's a name Could for be it. nut sedge. Nuts. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, nut sedge. It, so that's really like you know a wetter type environment. So nut sedge, you got to use a very specific herbicide like sedge endure or something along that line. Regular herbicides, you know, don't work on it at all. Okay. So there's one and, made specifically for that grass. Exactly. I mean, it will say sedge ender on it. So Bonite makes that, okay. you know, that product. There are other products as well. And as far okay. as, what was your other question related? On the rose bushes, the leaves look like there's something eating at them. And yet I've used that uh, insecticide fertilizer that you put in the, in the oh, ground. Oh, the systemic. You know, the root, the root. Right. Yeah, systemic. Is, yeah. There, so, but, is there something going on with the weather that's causing them to look that way? Yeah, that's probably more so than anything. I would say there should be new growth coming on your roses Did you, if you prune them back and everything else. So the red growth is the new foliage, the new buds and everything else. Are you seeing holes in those or are you just seeing holes in the older leaves that are closer to the bottom of the ground? They're, they're kind of everywhere on the... Uh, I haven't looked oh. close enough. To, I don't think it's on the new growth. It's on the older growth. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the older growth. That damage has already okay. been done. Those insects may have already moved on because they can do the damage as a larvae of some kind of insect. So, in other words, make the holes or whatever, and then they morph into an adult and just move on. So, I okay. wouldn't worry about your know, holes in the older growth. If you start to see holes in the newer growth, then I would be, you know, that would be a concern. But if you put system systemic insecticide, that should take care of your problem. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Yep, and now let's go to Highland, Illinois, and into Rich's yard. Hi, Rich. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking Hi. my call. Uh, I've got two questions. Uh, one is uh, I planted a butterfly bush uh, about two years ago, and, man, that thing was growing beautiful and had a lot of butterflies. And I cut it back last year, last fall, and now it's 
looks like a, a dead twig. Is it going to come back? Some people say, you know, they'll come back, and I, I've been watering it with my other plants, but it just looks dead. Cut back on the watering. They don't want a whole lot of watering. Some of the butterfly bushes haven't, the new growth hasn't emerged this year. I don't know exactly what's, you know, what the circumstance is with them. So uh, I've seen several. Yeah. So just, you know, kind of be patient with it. If it looked healthy in the past, then, you know, just kind of keep your fingers crossed. But you should see some new growth, at least some foliage, you know, opening up soon. And if it's not, then I would say it's probably dead, you know, through getting drowned or through whatever, you know, other circumstance that could have impacted it. Okay. My my other question is, uh, I put some sod in part of my my yard uh, in in April, and I've watered and watered it, and all of a sudden I'm getting some brown spots. And so somebody said, "Well, you're not watering enough." And now I've got like the other gentleman just said, I got a lot of nutsage, but I still have all these brown spots. Do I need to fertilize, or yeah, what the, do I need to do? What kind of sod is it? Uh, it's uh, bluegrass fescue. Definitely do not fertilize. No fertilizer on bluegrass this time of year. So just those spots, they could be a result of lots of different things. But uh, just kind of keep your, you know, just hold off on doing anything other than just, you know, take, controlling the nut sedge. But realize that, you know, I'm going to mention this again. Read the label before you apply any herbicide because you, if the temperature gets too hot, you can do some damage by putting an herbicide down or putting a fertilizer down. So just realize that. Whoops, we're just about out of time. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. See you next week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.